Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey everyone, extra special uh, show for you today. I have a returning guest, someone that got a lot of rave reviews. Uh, The first time she was on was with her husband, doing new builds and all this stuff in Canada. So we have Nat or Natalie back with us today. How are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing very well. Why don't we just kick this off by introducing a little bit of rebranding. You've gone from, I think it was RN Properties uh, to something else. So let's, uh, let, let's introduce everybody to what that is. Yeah, sure. Well, honestly, RN Properties is the name of our company. Uh, but we're, really all we did is we rebranded our Instagram page because we wanted our Instagram page is not really to advertise our company. It's mostly to help other investors kind of follow along our journey. If they have questions and somebody wants to know what we're doing, uh, it's a whole other type of strategy, right? That not a lot of people know about. So, um, our page has gotten to be, at first I started that Instagram page to advertise the company, but it turned into something else. So I decided to change the name completely separate that from the actual company itself. Uh, so we did a bit of rebranding there and, um, and yeah, that's, that's all it is really. <laughs> well, let's, let's name the page because I do think first off, the fact that you were thinking ahead just shows that you are trying to help because when I go to your page and I'll let you share the name, cause I think it's cool to come from you. You are truly trying to help, right? It really doesn't have anything to do with your quote unquote business operations. Mm-hmm. It really is everything you put out, which we'll talk about next is really trying to help people. So what did you rebrand it to? We built, we named it the new built couple. There's no better name. Yeah, that's what we do. And a lot of people ask me, well, what if you stop building new? What if you start doing some other kind of strategy? And I I did think about when I I chose the name, but I figured, you know what, no matter what new build is what got us started is what got us to where we are today. It's what's building our wealth vehicle and it's what we're known for. So even if we choose something else, I think we're always going to go back to that because we just, we just love what we do. We love the new build. So uh, no matter what, it's a part of us. Yeah. And I think it, I think that's going to be something you two are doing for the next, you know, five, six decades, right? There may be times in the economy where new builds don't make sense, but you'll always be evaluating. All right. Do we do a new build? Do we do a remodel? And it's that skill set that will always be a part of you. So I think it, I think it's a fair consideration, but I'm glad you chose it. I think people need to check you out, need to follow you. Everybody do, thinking about doing new build needs to check it out. You're putting out some amazing content. Uh, oh, thank you. That means a lot to me. You got it. So I'm there's working couple, hard on it. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, do, you're doing big things. So there's a couple of things that I took right from your Instagram. These are things posted in the last month that I want to talk about. And then we're going to get into a blog post that you put out. But let's, let's celebrate your Instagram page for a, a second. Um, sure. One of the things that you just put out that I think more people need to hear, and I don't know what it is about Instagram, but they're just not getting it, is it's not about unit count. It's about total cash flow. And if you can yep. get your cash flow number with two units, you would, right? You don't need 200. So let's just break exactly. that down a little bit because too many people are like, hey, I'm flexing on Instagram. I just bought an apartment building. And you know, lo and behold, they got like 2% of the, apartment building. So uh, let's just talk about that mindset of it's about cash flow, not unit count. Yeah, um, that's one thing, you know, that we struggled a lot with at the beginning, because 
a lot of people were coming to us and saying, well, what's your goal? Like, uh, especially people that we know that are in our um, social circle, we were saying, well, you're always building and you're always, <clears throat> excuse me, you're always busy. When are you ever going to stop? Like, what's your end goal? And we're like, I don't know if I want to stop, but <laughs> I mean, we're just starting really, we're still young, but at the same time, um, they kept asking us for a number of units. We didn't have one in mind. And then everybody kept saying, well, you have to have a goal. You have to write down your goal. Yeah. And Yes, although I do agree, I think that it's good to keep it open so that you can adapt with what you want to do in life. And, and I do, we do have written goals, but we weren't able to figure out a number of units. And then we kind of figured, well, that's because it's not about the number of units. It's about what we need to kind of thrive on. Like real estate is not, it might not be our business forever. We, it's, it's our vehicle to get us that financial freedom so that we can choose to work when we work. Uh, when we want to work and then if we want to do something else later in life if we want to change it up we can uh, but it's about the cash flow that we need uh, to to um, to provide that that income right mm -hmm. um, so after a while people people kept asking and I said you know what if I could do our target monthly cash flow with like five units because it's a lot less work and that's what I would do so yeah. Um, so yeah I, I posted that because I thought that that was really important for people to realize, you know, don't, because another thing too, and I, at the, at the risk of, of going too far with this is that we were looking at a deal once it was a five unit property and um, the numbers on it didn't really make sense. And I think we were just kind of pushing for it because we wanted to have five extra units added to the portfolio. But then we were looking at a duplex that cash flow more than this five unit. And we were like, yeah, but the five units is more interesting. And then we thought, you know what? No, we're not basing our decisions on the right thing because that five unit is going to be way more trouble to try to add value to it. It was all bachelor units. It's going to be a lot more trouble to manage. So I'm like, this duplex is simple. Let's just renovate that, get people in, and we're done. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we did. And I think that was a lot better decision. Um, so that's when the mindset the mindset kind of shifted for us. I think that is such the right idea. People really need to hear that. There's a lot of people out there talking about bigger is better. And if you're not playing in the big leagues, you're not playing at all. None of that stuff is true, right? Mm -hmm. You should, you should, you, you, you know, you too, right? You and your husband, whoever is listening to this, your family unit needs to sit down around a kitchen table or a couch or outside on the deck, whatever it is and go, what's our monthly nut? The fact that most people can't answer that question is a problem is problem number one, right? You don't know what you're spending every month as a family unit. Hint, hint number one, that's a problem. But let's exactly. assume you can answer that question and let's say it's four grand. I'm just making up a number. Yeah. Your financial freedom number is four grand or maybe it's 4,400 or 4,800, maybe it's 10% more, 20% more, but it's, it's five grand, right? That's the answer. When are you done, yeah. right? Well, when I get five grand. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I thought that was your, awesome. Yeah. And once you're at your target, then that's where you get to evaluate what you want to do next. Do you want to keep going? Do you want to yeah. get it, you know, get that next, that next goal written down and then you can choose to take whatever path you can, but that initial uh, income is what you have to focus on first and then focus on the next goals, you know? Yeah. And again, what people need to hear from this, just again, pick on four grand because that number was already said. There are really three ways you can get at that number. A, you could meet as a family and go, hey, what would it take to lower our number from four grand to three grand? That is an option, folks. You all can live on less. My wife and I are proof of that. Uh, I know it's not fun. I know it's not sexy. But if you lower your monthly nut from four to three, 
Life gets easier, I promise. The yep. other thing you could do as you're building your portfolio is sometimes, like we were talking about your blog post, the market gets ahead of itself. It gets mm -hmm. a little spicy. And maybe the right answer sometimes is uh, to either not buy or heaven forbid, pay something off, right? If you lower your debt service, right? Oh, by the way, cash flow goes up and you can be more flexible in the future. And then lastly, of course, you can add units. But achieving that freedom could be done at least three different ways. And people just don't think about it. They always go, I want more. I, I want the five unit. I want the five unit. I, why? Because it's five. Five is more than two. No. 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 Two is, two is more than five in this example. And people yeah, just don't exactly. get that. <laughs> no, exactly. But I think that's something you kind of learn as you go to, right? When you're starting out, you're eager. You just want to jump in and you're, you're green. Uh, and then you learn that as you go. But if you get that mindset right from the beginning, it'll help you out. I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one you said, and we've already said it a couple of times, is shift your mindset. Um, that was a that was a, a Instagram post. Again, go check them out. The new build couple on Instagram. Uh, where does that come for you? Was that in your mindset from units to cash flow, or did that play somewhere else as well? Um, it, it comes from a little bit of everywhere, right? And again, it's by learning as you're doing stuff. Like another thing I wrote recently too is don't be afraid to take that risk. I yeah. win more than I fail because I take that risk and I, I try and I do it. So that mindset just comes from learning, from, from making mistakes and from realizing, okay, this is, I, I wasn't, you know, maybe I failed on this part because I didn't have the mindset right um, so it just comes from a bunch of stuff and I'm constantly like listening to your podcast or listening to other podcasts, reading books. And it's just always changing the mindset mindset into what you need to grow as an investor. Um, so I think that just comes with experience a bit. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a seasoned investor or anything, but the more I go, the more my mindset is shifting. <laughs> Well, the thing that I see in you, and, and hopefully this comes, comes across as the compliment that I intended to, is um, you're certainly in the business, but you're also uh, open to questioning yourself. Like, you're not, you're not like some of these arrogant folks who think they know it all and they don't change, right? You're always yeah. taking data in from external sources, which is um, a maturity beyond your years. That's, that's not common for somebody who's had your success in their 20s. So, uh, congratulations. Well, thank you. That means a lot. But I mean, at, and at the same time, it's because I feel I'm always afraid of failing, I think. So I think that fear drives me to just, okay, I have to read that next book. And I have like four books on my shelf that I either started and haven't finished because like I'm, I'm all over the place sometimes. So that's one thing I need to focus. I need to, to zero down on. Um, but that fear constantly drives me to just, I need to keep educating. I need to know more. I need to, and I'll, I'll never know enough. You know, and, I, and I'm expecting that, that that's yeah. just me. <laughs> that's awesome. So one thing, just in case people haven't watched the earlier video, I think I said in the intro, you're in Canada, but where are you doing these new builds? What province or city or what? Uh, so Ontario, uh, that's the province, and Ottawa. So that's the national capital region, nice. uh, the national capital city, I should say. And um, we're kind of in the suburbs of Ottawa, a little more on the countryside, but it's still a very growing market. Um, so in Ottawa itself is, is constantly growing. I think that Ottawa is very well located because it's right in the middle of Montreal, which is, which is a huge city, and then Toronto, which is even bigger. Um, and it's like right in the middle of those two. So when prices go up in either city, people will find themselves closer to Ottawa because it's just a little bit more affordable. And you still have a good supply of employment, such as um, 
there's a lot of construction industry here, which is always stable so far from, from what I, I'm seeing. And uh, the federal, I mean, the federal government, it, it, it's a big employment here in Ottawa. So um, I think that, and we have a lot of scientists and, and uh, PhD people, like a lot of engineers and stuff like that. So it's a really good uh, market to be in. Uh, but Ottawa itself is just way too expensive for me and dealing with the city of Ottawa for construction permits. I've done that in my other job when I was a custom home designer. I don't want to do it with them anymore. So I went in the countryside instead. It's just a little more simple there. <laughs> there you go. And uh, something we're going to switch into is this new blog post you put out there. Uh, and it really has to do, at least part of it is with the suburbs versus big cities. I think we're yeah. going to talk a lot about that. Uh, but the title of the blog post, as I remembered, is to invest or not to invest. And as I read it again before that we did this interview for the second or third time, this was really sparked by what you and I are both seeing is our kind of network and around us. People are getting really interested in real estate again. Yeah. Right? It's becoming the conversation at dinners and parties. Uh, yeah. Very much like it was in 06. You weren't investing in 06 because you probably couldn't no. sign a contract. <laughs> no, legal. <laughs> it wasn't legal to sign a contract. So let me just tell you what you're experiencing now is probably a lot like 05 because 06, it got nutty. I mean, you, 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 would, want, you would get in a taxi cab uh, in 06 and they'd be talking real estate. We're not quite there yet, but it's 05, right? All the people that you're working with, they're talking about a flip or cash flow or apartments. It's, it's really coming up. So why don't you talk about that blog post? Tell them where they can find it. And then let's dig in because I think, I think we're pretty well aligned. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that blog post, it's on uh, our, our blog itself. The website is called rodnatbuildingwealth.ca. Um, and so I wrote it just about five days ago, I think. And um, so like you were saying, and again, like you said, I wasn't there in 05, so, but it's interesting that you're saying that. I didn't, I didn't know that it was a topic of conversation back then. So I'm just noticing that all these people are like swarming into real estate. I get, like on my Instagram, I get questions almost daily from just people I know in my social circle from, from my town or whatever. And people are starting a business just like we are and, and, and or they're just jumping in. And I'm like, okay, that's great for you. But I'm like, I wouldn't be jumping in right now. And we can, I can tell you why later, but, um, and yeah, I don't know if, if it's because people are swarming into this because like either they had too much time on their hands during their pandemic. So they had time to look into this or maybe, mostly I think it's, it's because of the uncertainties of everybody's jobs that became mm. apparent, right? And the stock market that crashed, like, I don't know if people are looking for a more secure way to invest because it's easier to, to invest in, in the stock market than it is in real estate sometimes. So I know a lot of people who invest in the stock market, but then when things crashed, they probably th figured maybe I should, you know, uh, diversify. Um, so I don't know what it is, but I've just seen. Uh, well, so I can, I can tell you what it is. Um, yeah. I think everything you said is cute and, and is maybe on the outside, but you know what the real, th what the real reason is? You make Don't it me. look, you make it look easy. Oh, okay. I'm serious. Well, <laughs> no, and I mean that both as a compliment and the reality, right? Back yeah. in 05, everybody was watching HGTV and all these house flipping shows and everybody to their name said, Oh, I could do that. Yeah. Oh, I could do that. So your social network is seeing what you and Robert doing and just killing it, having success. Um, and a lot of people, because of job insecurity, because of stock market, you know, all those things you said, they're looking at what you're doing is go, oh, I'm smarter than they are. I can do what yeah. they do. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my, my brother's next door neighbor's dog barker, he's in construction. I'll just call him. I mean, they don't really, I mean, that's what's happening. People yeah. see real estate, they pe 
people that have been in the business for decades made a lot of money on the run up. And now people are coming and go, Oh, I'm better than, you know, I'm smarter than him, her, whatever it is. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. that's what happens. That's what happened in 05. That's what's happening in 220. And the other thing I can tell you is this will go on for six to eight quarters because when real estate gets in a momentum cycle like this, it feeds on itself. And what you're sensing today is a little bit of Instagram communication daily. You just yeah. wait until yeah. January, February, your Instagram's going to blow up with interest. You're not going to be able to respond to everybody. That's really? Wow. Boy, I can't wait to see if that's going to happen because I'm, I mean, as much as this whole pandemic has been scary um, at the same time, it's been so interesting for me. And I don't want to say that to come off mean or anything. It's just that, like I've never been through a down market or a recession or anything like this. And I think Rob and I have our feet are solid enough that we can, we can uh, go through this, this wave if it does go to a bad extent. Um, so I just want to know what happens and I want to learn from it and I want to kind of make my business better so that I can withstand the next recession after this one kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. I, you know, first and foremost, none of us, myself included, uh, have invested through a pandemic. So you know what? We're, we're even. Neither yeah. of us have done it, right? right? I've invested through three or four recessions, but no pandemics. Okay. Uh, and this time is interesting. So I don't know what's happening in Canada, but at least in the US, the Federal Reserve and the Treasury are pumping money into the system and mortgage rates are falling. Yeah. Is that yeah. similar in Canada? Yeah, 100%. It's the same thing here. So another thing that we're seeing is residential lending for owner occupants is getting slightly easier because it's federally backed, um, where it's getting more difficult for what we call jumbo loans, think big, expensive, and investment yeah. loans. So it's right. really the tale of two things. If you're an owner occupant, first time buyer, relatively easy to get a loan. Yeah. Investor adding units, especially multifamily units, very hard. Are you seeing yeah. similar things in Canada? I, I don't know so far. I haven't gone to, um, I mean, the last time I got approved for financing was uh, for a fourplex that we're doing right now. And that one was right in the juice of the, of the pandemic. So and that one went really easily, but our portfolio was a lot more stable than it ever was before. So I, I don't know, I can't really speak for that. I, I haven't done any other kind of application, right? Um, I do know though that the CMHC, which is the Central Housing Mortgage or whatever of Canada, um, they did make it a little bit more difficult for people to get mortgages. So um, they've put, um, I don't know exactly what it is because I don't go through them, but it's, if, you, if you don't have the 20% down payment, then it becomes a whole other ballgame to try and get approved for it. Um, so I know that some people had issues, but at the same time, the market, like people are getting approved right, left and center from what I'm seeing, they're still getting approved. Yep. So I don't think it made that big, big of a difference yet, if, if yeah. it did at, at all. Now, just but so I'm I, clear, I on the 20% that you were just referencing, is that just for investors or does Canada require 20% for owner occupants also? It's, that's why I'm not sure because okay. I haven't been on that side of it for so long and I haven't okay. asked how other people are doing it, right? So I can't really speak to that point. I'm okay. not too sure and I haven't researched it either. But yeah, I will, so, now that you're saying it, I'm jumping in on that research next. <laughs> yeah, because this is, this is why it's important because let's just use round numbers. Let's say an owner-occupant, at least in the US, they can, get, they can come in for less down. Let's just, it's yeah. really three and a half, but let's round it to 5% for this conversation where an investor has to bring in 20%, right? Vastly mm -hmm. different. But this market today, it's different than I've ever seen. We have 
the least amount of supply ever. Yeah. Right? I've been doing this 20 years. And I remember in 06, months of supply in my market got down to like 2.1 months of supply. As of last week, or maybe it was the week before I had a local broker on, and we were at one month supply. Yeah. Just insane. That's insane. Yeah. And the, the other thing I'm seeing, again, because I watch my market every day, is any property that's clean, which could pass FHA financing, which is our government lending yeah. facility or whatever, um, those properties are getting bid up because all these owner occupants have nothing to pick from. And they're exactly. just, they're just coming in and, you know, five, 10, 15% over asking. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. So if that's the same thing, that's a, that's a trend to watch, especially mm -hmm. if you're in new build. Um, yeah. I did a video with somebody else who's been in the business as long as, as long as I have, he's on the East coast and we actually see a six to 18 month window where the most profitable thing is going to be to take an old ugly house that doesn't qualify pay cash, fix it up and sell it. Really? That, at least that's in our markets. What I would be interested in giving your background is because right now you're building for rentals, i.e. the fourplex, right? Yeah, exactly. I would be interested. And again, you'd have to do the research, but I bet you, you could go build, you could go do, just feed the market, single family homes, right? You know, like little mm -hmm. quaint, I don't know what it would be in, in Ottawa, I don't know if they're 1,200, three bedroom, two baths, I don't know what they are, but at least in our markets, there's a dearth of, un, of affordable homes that if you figure out a way to design them, look good, but with cheaper, right? You don't have to have all the bells and whistles. I bet you could clean up for a while because there's just the supply demand balance has never been this out of whack. Yep, no, you're right. It's the same thing here. The prices are so high nobody has seen this in so long like people like we just sold one during june so it was like in the juice of the pandemic and it went for way over what we ever expected it to go for but that's why we sold it because we're like you know what we want to have some cash on hand for when this goes down yeah. um so yeah no it's definitely the lack of inventory it is is um I think it's caused a lot by people holding back on wanting to sell their homes too. I don't know. I don't know what you think. Like maybe people are afraid of having strangers into their house to do showings because of the, of the virus and, or just maybe they're worried about the future in general. Um, yeah, that's I, that was definitely in your blog post. It, it warrants discussion. Uh, what I'm seeing today is it certainly started right. February, March, when it really started, people were like, Nope, no open houses, not coming here. I don't know yeah. you. I don't trust you. Right. Yeah. Now with gloves and, you know, feet booties and sanitizing <laughs> and all of that stuff, it's less of a concern. What I think we're actually having is um, lack of movement. That's really what it is. People don't want to upgrade, right? Because one of the things you usually have is first time buyers upgrading to that second home. Uh, you have movements to different cities. So people are just staying put. They're like anchoring themselves. And I think that's a trend that probably holds for a little while. Um, the flip side of that is the big cities, you know, I, maybe it's in Toronto and in, in, in uh, Montreal, I don't know, but where the closest big city to me is San Francisco, their rents are down, listings are up, you know, anything without a backyard that, you know, you got to exactly. use an elevator for, whew, forget it. Yeah. Nope, nobody wants that stuff. Yeah. And that's what's interesting. And that's what I'm wondering. Like, I, I think honestly that things are going to go down, but I think that, it's mostly going to be affected in the larger cities and the suburbs are going to be uh, booming. 
But then I'm thinking if there is a recession and things are going down, is it going to go down everywhere anyways? Or are the suburbs still going to be safe? Like that's yeah. what I'm not sure. Yeah. I, my opinion, right. For whatever it's worth, it's worth is, you know, nothing, I guess. But my experience <laughs> says uh, when you talk nationally, like the, the, the Canadian market, which is all inclusive, <laughs> it probably goes up two or 3%. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. The big cities, they're going to be negative. And then the suburbs, which probably make up the largest geography, they go up. Like in my market, San Francisco could very easily be down double digits in a year. Yeah. But Fresno, which is two and a half hours away, suburb, it's going to be up 15%. Yeah. Right? Because again, and, and again, think about the numbers, right? In San Francisco, the average piece of junk property is 1.2 million. The average in Fresno, 300 grand. So 10% drop in San Francisco's 100 grand, a 15% rise in, in uh, Fresno is 45 grand, right? But, yeah. but on a percentage basis, it's, it's amazing. So I would assume Canada is the same way. The, the rush out of the big yeah, cities so is real. Yeah, and we're seeing a lot more listings, like a multi-unit listings for sale in Ottawa than there were, ever was before. And they're actually affordable, but we're not going to touch them right away because I don't know what's going to happen. Yes. And, but land here, like vacant land, which is what we're usually looking at, especially just in our small community, um, when, there's something, when something goes on for sale, we're like, oh, we have time you know, before we need to make an offer on it. It's not going to move anytime soon. And then we just let the realtor know, like if somebody makes an offer, let us know. In the meantime, we're going to be doing other stuff. And we just got to prolong it because it can take months before it gets sold. Now, nothing, nothing is, is left. Everything is sold. So we were looking at properties. We're like, okay, that one's gone. That one's gone. Okay, that one's gone. All right, well, we'll build the ones we have and then we'll wait and see what happens because we've got wow. no more land left. That's yeah. interesting. So that's different. See, in my yeah. market, the only stuff that is selling is clean properties. Okay. If it, if it can get, if, if you can walk through and do a punch list and there's nothing on it or, you know, Hey, you know, chip this or chip that it sells, but if it needs work or heaven forbid it's vacant land, it's not selling right now. So really? that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the thing here. Everybody wants to build. It was already supposed to be um, a year where there's going to be a lot of new construction. It was, that's what the cities were telling us. Okay. Um, but it's even worse than they thought, you know, in a sense where now even more people are looking to build. Um, and I think it's because the people are seeing that the prices are so high right now uh, that there's, no, and there's no inventory. So, and I always say like we build because it was hard to find deals in our market. Uh, but now it's like impossible to find a deal. So I think people, that's their last resort in a way they're figuring, well, the prices are so high. I can build it for a lot less. Yep. And then, you know, recruit for the, for the value or whatever, and I'm going to get something brand new. So everybody's jumping in to do that. So let's put some raw numbers on it. These can be estimates or actuals. So what, what's the median price in, in your market? Is it 200 grand, 300 grand? I, oh, it, I would say 300 probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so 300 grand. That. And what do you get for 300 grand? For 300, well, right now, uh, things are different. <laughs> so, I mean, right now we sold um, a half, so, <clears throat> excuse me, we, we built a side-by-side -side duplex yep. uh, back in 2018, and uh, we sold both of them, so separately. Uh, one went for, one had no finished basement, so it went, went for 258, just the top, uh, yep. two bedrooms, one bathrooms, but that was in January that we sold it, so, okay. and that's what it was worth at the time. Now, when the market went up, we decided, well, let's sell the other unit so that we can have hard cash to wave out this pandemic or whatever, the recession. 
Um, and that one, that one had a finished basement, so four bedrooms, two baths, but still it went for 345. And that's without showings. Like the guy just like called up and made an offer kind of thing. Um, so that's a lot more than what it was before. Because to me, when we thought, when we listed it, we're like, there's no way it's going to go for 350. It's going right. to go for 275, maybe 285. It went for <laughs> 345, right? So the market right now is really insane. So for 345, you can get half of a, uh, of a so, detached. So what would it cost you to build that half today? I'm just trying to get a margin. Does it cost you 225, 250, 300? I have no idea. In, in 2018, it cost us 420, the whole building with the land. That was in 2018. Now, was it 420 or was it? Yes, I put 400 maybe. Anyways, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. But um, now today, prices have gone up materials sure. have gone up there's the whole battle the feud between the the borders right so everything keeps going up for us i'm not the same for you oh yeah <laughs> okay lumber is way up okay yeah lumber yeah getting a, a pressure treated two by four has more value than gold nowadays <laughs> um, yeah. so it's insane like so i don't know exactly how much it would cost but it would definitely be, be more than 420 like maybe 450 yeah. Like our fourplex, actually, if I, I can give you a better example, because the fourplex that we're building right now, we built it last year. It was the exact same model. Uh, and it, now again, bad with numbers. They're not in front of me. I think it was about five, 525. And this one were a, a good 50,000 more. And that's just six months later or whatever. Yeah. How much, how many months that's later? That's all material. For sure. Exactly. All material, um, yeah, a good 50000 more minimum. And again, that's all material because Rob does a lot of the work himself. So he was hoping to hire out more this one. And he's like, okay, well, I guess I'm starting over doing a little bit more um, himself again because the material just went up so much. And permits went up too. Of course. So, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So again, I, I think what, what we're seeing is, that's actually what we talked about 15 minutes ago is, it's cheaper to build brand new today and people see a market to sell. It sounds like a lot of people that are buying the lots are buying the flip. They're not buying the live-in is what it sounds like. Uh, no, actually a lot of people oh. are, are buying to live in from, okay. from people I know, but I do know, uh, you know what? No, there's not a lot of flipping going on. Not well. Yes. From the bigger contractors, like okay. the, the, the people who take up kind of the, the, the area. Um, but for like individuals, they're either building uh, to rent like we are, or they're building to live in. Okay. So I think there's a good mix of the two, but I'm seeing a lot more build to rent than I ever did before. And then what, what did that place rent for to go back to that? Just so I can finish out the math. What did the one side, the two bedroom, one bath, and then the four, two, what did they rent for? Do you remember? Well, they were, so they were very below market because the market kept rising up from 2018 to today. Um, so it was rented for the, the, the one without the finished basement was for 1400 plus utilities. Okay. Um, and then the other half of the full finished basement was for 1730 by the time I had raised the rent. Um, and that was like way below market value. It could have easily went for 1900. So what about the other side today? So 1900 for the four, two, what do you think the other one? Goes the, for the other one, maybe um, sixteen hundred. Oh, really? Maybe maybe fifteen. I, I like because it, it was just a two. It's a full house, but it's a two bed, one bath. So uh, if you would have finished the basement, then it would have been more profitable. So that extra extra two bedroom, one bath only gets you three hundred bucks. Yeah, we got three hundred bucks more. That was in twenty eighteen. But yeah. uh, if if it would have been today, it would have been a good uh, hundred bucks. Yeah, okay. yeah. 
No. All right. And then I have no, what did it cost? I don't have no idea. I don't have basements where I'm at. So I have no idea what it costs to finish right. a basement. <laughs> what does it cost to finish a basement? Um, well, that's that one because it was just like, there was no kitchen or stuff like that. It's not an actual unit. It was just yep. bedrooms in a bathroom. I think it was about 20,000. Oh, okay. So that's not bad. Would take, maybe a little less than that. Yeah. Cause it's all poured already. It's the footage of there. You just add walls and a door and. Yeah, exactly. Just the finishings. Um, so okay. yeah. Maybe maybe less than twenty thousand. Honestly, it's been a while, and it right. Rob so that makes sense. more than me. Yeah. Yeah, so that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, if it costs you twenty grand, you make four hundred bucks a month. That's an easy. I I do that remodel every time. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. that's it's worth it definitely to have more bedrooms. It's just that what happens with single family homes, and why we sold all our single family homes is that people stay for very long, which usually it's a good sign. But in a rising market you're losing money because then you can't raise your rents. And so for that, that unit itself, it was at 1700, but I could have had 1900, but like she would have never moved that that tenant would have never moved probably because it was such a great place and there was nothing else available, but there's no more single family homes available. Now everybody's shooting for multifamily homes. So people stay for a very long time. Good during a recession. It's not so good when in a rising market, right? <laughs> yeah. So did you sell that to another investor? Or did you sell it to her? Yeah, or? it was another investor actually. He he, but he was. Uh, I think he wants to keep it for himself later on. Okay. I'm not too sure what the plans are. But, but the idea is the tenant didn't move. She stayed. No, exactly. She got to stay there, so she was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. All right. So let's go back to this blog post because what I took from your blog post was. Um, I guess I'll call it your concern for the newbies. A, kind of like, why are you guys coming in now? We kind of talked yeah. about that because I already told you, you make it look easy. That's the truth. That's why they're coming because they see money. They see dollar signs. People are simple creatures. Um, <laughs> but what would you tell a new person coming in? Because I always talk about learning your market, learning your market. And, and right now, I think people are just jumping in blindly almost. Yeah, so what I would say really is because, yes, the inventory is low and the demand for rentals is at a sky high, but it doesn't cost you today to build what it did for us when we initially started. Um, and I really think that if if the recession comes in, then values are going to drop and then their costs to build will possibly be a little too close to that value. And so, you know, you're, you're kind of, that's where you kind of lose your money. But I think the reason why things are going to drop, and again, this is just my opinion based on my own research, um, it's that there's going to be so many businesses that are going to go under out of all this, like restaurants, bars. If you go, um, there's this app that Rob goes on. He's constantly looking for businesses to buy just for the heck of it. And uh, he's like, yeah, he's like months ago, there was nothing. And now he's like, there's so many businesses for sale and businesses going under. They just can't, they can't stay open at 50% capacity or whatever, even with uh, some government grants. I mean, it's impossible. There's, there's, there's no way. So, um, and even if you zero it down on like one thing, if one industry or one type of, of, of business closes down, it has a huge ripple effect on everything else. So as an example, in, in my blog, I took like the, um, the fact that everybody's working from home now. So I work for the federal government, government right, right now, sorry. And, um, and so the entire building is now working from home and so are all the other federal uh, buildings around. So like those buildings, if they close down because there's no point in paying that rent or whatever now, um, so the ripple effect starts with, let's say, just the maintenance workers are going to lose the jobs. Mm-hmm. Then all of the businesses around the downtown core who usually rely on the, on the daytime heavy foot traffic are going to close down because they can't stay, support, they can't stay alive with 
nobody around mm -hmm. um and then uh what else i mean you've got your the bus bus drivers you know people won't be taking and plus ottawa just spent a whole bunch of millions of money on this new transit system so and now it's like they're never full so i mean bus drivers and and and, and transit drivers or whatever are going to get laid off i think taxi drivers yeah. the automobile industry like i have a, a, a guy a dealer who's been trying to he's been emailing me non-stop trying to get me to buy a car and i'm like no like i'm not buying a car right now but you can tell that you know business is not doing too good right now um so i think it's going to affect a lot of of types of businesses yeah. and at a certain point if all of that closes down you're going to have too much people looking for work for the number of jobs available and is that there's the definition of recession yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah no i think you're absolutely right the other thing i would ask you to look at is uh, again, I think what we're really talking about is the big downtown corridors, which used to be the spot, right? Used to be, yeah. it. that's not where people are. But what mm -hmm. I think we're going to start to see, and we have to get to the other side of this, where people feel a little bit more secure going out, is the suburbs are underinvested. Like when yeah. you talk about the office, right? The office is full. They have all the coffee shops and Danish shops and pizza places and blah, blah, blah. But when you step back to the suburbs and realize, okay, now we're going to stay in the suburbs. Where can I walk to? right? There isn't a, dirt, a dessert shop. There isn't a coffee shop. There isn't yeah. all these other things. So I think what's going to happen is you're going to have entrepreneurs create those things in the suburbs. So not only are we going to see a, a wave of suburb um, real estate, meaning single family homes and fourplexes go up, but I'm expecting little strip malls to become a thing again, because people, people want to get out of their house, right? Yeah, you know, Canada, sure. Right. When it gets cold, when it was, sure. it's not, people want to get out. Um, yes. So if the, if the downtown is not the same for a while, I expect a little, I don't know what it is, a mile around major suburbs to see some investment. So it will certainly not even out, but it, it may be better than you're expected. But again, I think big cities lose, suburbs win. Suburbs win, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think of it that way. I hope that that's what happens. And I mean, it's going to take, I think it's going to be, if, if that's what happens, it's not going to be forever. You know, eventually right. people are going to forget about this and they're going to head back to the big city. I hope so. Right? <laughs> I yeah. hope this doesn't stay around forever. No, exactly. And I mean, it's going to take a couple of years maybe, but people are going to forget this pandemic and they're going to head back. Um, so, but for the time being, if the suburbs can explode, that'd be great for us. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be good for you. I think suburb, I think what I've been telling folks on my channel, and I changed my opinion like three weeks ago, I think suburb investing is where it's at. Yeah. Right. Um, and for example, I think when we talked last time, I was a little nervous about multifamily, but I think multifamily in the suburbs is awesome. I think multifamily big city is one of the worst investments you can make today. Falling rents, right falling now. rate, I mean, it's just not a good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but at like the same time, that, that kind of scares me if everybody's going in the suburbs, then, you know, that's going to shift the supply and demand. Oh, it's happening already. Right? That's, that's exactly what you're seeing today. You have just yeah. put your finger on what you're seeing today. Yeah. It's called it. That's exactly what's happening. But then us, for people who, I mean, we've built our business around new bills and then I'm seeing everybody else wanting to do it and build rentals. I'm like, okay, well, it's become less appealing for us if everybody's jumping into it, right? I don't like to follow the crowd. I like to do my own thing. <laughs> no, it, it, see, you're, you're two decades behind me, but you, that's exactly what I try to do. Like when I try to fish in a lake that has no other boats. Yeah. Even if the lake is small, I want to be the only yeah. boat on the water. Yeah, right? same. And then when other people come, I'm like, I'm out of this lake. Let me go find a yeah. new one. So yeah. again, 
think about your experience back way back when, when we introduced your, uh, your change, uh, in your, your branding, you know, I, maybe again, I don't know, but something I have seen work in the past is go find the small houses and then add a master suite. I don't know if they have those like, in, yeah. I don't know if they're in Canada, uh, but yeah. like go find a two bedroom, one bath and make mm -hmm. it a three, two or a four, mm -hmm. two right? Because maybe everybody's buying lots because that's the thing. And the lot, there's a lot premium and blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's okay. Let's go add a master suite or something we have in California now is called an ADU. It's like a mother-in-law unit. All right, go okay. find a, go yeah. find a decent sized house on an oversized lot and add an ADU. Just get mm -hmm. creative. And again, yeah. forgive me, I don't know Canada at all, but that's how I would take your experience and skill set. Keep your eye on lots because that's kind of like your early warning sign, too much craziness, but mm -hmm. take your skill set and go, okay, where can we apply this? Where can we find a new lake? Um, that's what yeah. I'd be doing right now. Cause I, it's, they're always out there. All the newbies yeah. do the same thing. So the, the experienced folks just go. Yeah. I mean, we might switch our tactic completely too. Maybe. We've thought of investing in something else completely different. So that's actually stuff we're working on right now. I which I don't want to go into too much detail right now because I want to reveal it. But <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> No, we're, we're looking at other ventures maybe that we can start, you know, that could be recession proof or it could yeah. be uh, still. So, I mean, we have a lot of research to do, but um, I don't know. In a way, um, I just I just like to keep things different. And if everybody's starting to build, I want to see how they go to how it's going to be. Not, maybe not everybody's going to be able to get, to get approved for these loans uh, because it might begin to be a little different to get approved for loans now. I don't know how that's going to go either. But um, either way, I am definitely not excited because I feel like that sounds mean, but I can't wait to see what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like, uh, get your popcorn ready. It's going to be entertaining. Yeah. yeah it could be, it yeah. could be spectacular or it could just be a horror show where well, you're not sure, but popcorn's good. Yeah, exactly. Popcorn's always good. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, one more time, tell people where they can follow you because I think they must, they must go to your Instagram account immediately and check you out. Yeah. It's the, uh, the new build couple. I have to think about it for a second. It's the new build couple. <laughs> Well, Natalie, this has been so much fun. I appreciate you giving me some time. Good luck. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for having me again. You got it. Take care. Bye. Bye.